Hey guys, welcome to the Mother Days. I am your host, Teresa Palmer. And I'm Sarah Wright Olson. Hi, Daisies. Welcome. We're so, so excited to have you here. We are so excited. I have my tissues at the ready. Um, I started (laughs) crying thinking about recording this episode about four hours ago. And uh, I got a voice message from Sarah being like, oh my God, I'm Bowling, how am I going to get through this? Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. Nerd Wallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With Nerd Wallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco? Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is such a beautiful episode that you're about to listen to, and you guys actually requested it. So, we love going out to our listeners and asking, like, what are you looking for? What sorts of things do you want to hear about? And time and time again, we kept having listeners say, can you share with us a story about surrogacy? And I I remember being like, oh, who do I know? And then, of course, just chance just decided to bring this beautiful little angel fairy along the way, uh, Sarah. This is a different Sarah, not Sarah Olson. This is Sarah Brion. <laughs> Am I pronouncing that right? Sarah Brion. Yes, perfect. Brion. <laughs> Brion. Um, and I met Sarah B uh, about, what was it, would you say six, seven months ago? Yeah, I think so, seven or eight months ago. Seven or eight months ago at a photo shoot at my house and she's a wonderful photographer and she told me that she was pregnant with another <laughs> woman's little darling baby and I was like wait 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 tell me everything and it was the most incredible story and fast forward all these months later you can hear the gurgling cooing happy little noises of Mr. Alfie who um, 
is just, you know, the the beautiful angel baby in this entire story. And we are just so excited to speak to Ellie, Alfie's mummy, and Sarah, the mummy that carried Alfie for Ellie and her husband. Um, what a profound story, guys. I'm, I have goosebumps. Um, it is just one that is so remarkable. And Sarah and I watched your reel these ladies have been so open about this journey and they cut together a reel of the birth and just the whole process leading up to it and getting pregnant and finding out the gender and there's so many wonderful moments and you've been you've both been so revealing about this journey that I know that you're a pillar of inspiration for so many other women out there who are starting to dip their toe into this world and explore what their options are to motherhood, because as we know, it's not always a straightforward journey. And so Ellie, I thought we would maybe start with you. Uh, You could just share with us about your beautiful family. And um, I know it wasn't the easiest path for you. So I'd just love to jump in and and hear from you. Yeah, sure. So my name is Ellie. So I've got my husband, Luke, um, and my two little boys here, Earthside, Sunny, and now Alfie. Um, And we've got two little boys above Taj and Lenny. So, yeah, I'll dive more into that and and tell you more about them. When did you decide you wanted to be a mummy? How long ago did that journey start for you? So back in 2015, um, my husband Luke and I got married um, and from that point we always knew that we wanted to start a family um, and I suppose we just thought, oh, well, we, we just won't be careful, um, we'll just see see what happens. So it was literally like our, we got married in December of 2015 and it would have been probably the wedding night or the night after I would have been ovulating and we <laughs> fell pregnant. Oh, so my gosh. First time of not being careful. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is how it's meant to go, isn't it? It's meant to be this easy. Like, And so that kind of set us up with this idea that pregnancy and becoming a mother was going to be a straightforward process. Um, and so we were living in Darwin, Australia at the time. Um, it's really straightforward pregnancy, no issues. Um, we had the 20 week scan and everything was looking fine. And it would have been a couple of days later and I stayed home from work. I just felt a bit fluey and a bit off. Um, and I was on the couch and I just felt a sharp pain in my stomach, got up and I just had a big gush of water. Um, so, and I like, I knew straight away, I'm like, this isn't good, but I mm. obviously had never been pregnant before. I didn't really have any idea like what that meant. I didn't know that anything could go wrong. Like, after 12 weeks, all yeah. I knew was like, you carry your baby to full term. Um, and so I got up and called my husband straight away. He was at work and then another gush. Um, oh. He came home straight away. We went to the hospital. I just, it was such a blur and just kind of, in denial, thinking that, yeah, we're going to be okay. Um, they did a scan as soon as we got there and they said, look, we can see baby. He's mo- it's moving. We didn't know it was here at that time. Um, heartbeat, um, we can see a heartbeat, but there's not much fluid left. So at this point they were like, look, that ha- that can happen and we can still, it doesn't mean that like the pregnancy will be over. Sometimes the waters regenerate and it might've mean that I had to go on bed rest, but they're like, look, we'll just do an internal just to check everything out. And as soon as they did that, they realized that the 
um, umbilical cord had prolapsed. Um, oh. So at that point they were like, look, there's nothing we can do. The baby's not getting any nutrients. Um, you have to give birth and at this point it's too um, young to survive. Oh, so, goodness. yeah, oh, just absolute shock. I just, yeah, I just remember thinking I just don't, I don't want to do this. I didn't even know what was going to come next. Um, yeah, and so we were given medication to bring on labour. It was really quick um, and I gave birth to Taj um, naturally um, and just remember back then just just being so scared. Like yeah. like now me, I wish that I had have taken that time to just be with him and embrace that moment, but it was just so terrifying and, um, yeah, so we so said goodbye to him. So yeah, yeah, we like didn't know what he was going to look like, and it was yeah, we just obviously just were not prepared. Um, so that was the beginning. So yeah, we lost Taj. That was in April of two thousand and sixteen. Um, yeah, and so from then we were just like we obviously we just want. A baby in our arms um yeah. and so we left no time um to wait we just started trying again um and it just didn't happen so it was month after month but we were just waiting and oh, getting, how devastating. Um, yeah getting um negative pregnancy tests and it got to a year and we're like what is going on like yeah. we know we weren't prepared for this like it happened so easy the first time um, and I was just trying everything. I was helping, I was healthy, you know, exercising, doing all the right things. We mm-hmm. saw a naturopath, you know, when I know anyone that's trying for a baby, you try absolutely everything you can. Um, and it just wasn't happening. So we went to an IVF clinic. Um, and then they said, look, like they ran tests and they're like, it, there's nothing that we can see. Um, we call it unexplained oh, infertility. Gosh, um, that's so hard. Yeah, and given that you've you've been pregnant, and you've had a baby. It's actually secondary infertilities, which is a thing as well, which I just yeah. had no idea about. So we decided, okay, let's do IVF. Like this will get us our baby. Like IVF is like you know, in my head, I had that was the kind of the final thing you do, and yeah. We, yeah, that would give us what we wanted. So we did a cycle, got three embryos, which was great, and then in the probably the Oh, about two years from there, we implanted every single one of those embryos and all of them failed. Oh, so, oh my goodness. Yeah, we, and I just, yeah, I remember the last one, we were like, this is it. Like three haven't worked. Um, like where, where, what do we do now? And yeah, I just think at that point we just lost so much hope and oh, it sure. just, just felt so defeated. Um, but now and IVF is happen. so expensive as well. Yeah, that's, it's that's the thing. It's so expensive, yeah. and not everyone can continue doing it and doing it for years and years. No, oh. yeah, and How that's it. it's like disheartening. Yeah. So we thought after that point, we're just gonna have a break. Um, and I say break, I'm like, we were still trying. Like, you can't, I feel like you just can't, you can't just stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And like, you know, being, I had like, you know, well-intentioned people saying that, you know, just relax, it'll happen. You're still so young. Uh, and yeah, I think anyone that is trying and is finding it really hard knows that it's not, you just can't relax. And yeah, you can't just let go of that. It's something, it yeah, longing that all just consuming. Yeah, all consuming. 
Um, so then we came back down to Adelaide. So we were living in Darwin, which is um, quite a small city in Australia, Sarah. So it's not, there's not many, <laughs> not many, there's like one hospital, um, not many specialists. So we came back down to Adelaide and got a second opinion and they started talking. Um, she was like, look, just trying to cover everything. She said, your period's like, have I been heavy? Um, do you get a lot of pain? I said, yeah, well, I do get a lot of pain at the end of my period. They are really heavy. She's like, all right, well, let's look into endometriosis. Like just trying to cover everything they possibly could. Um, and she did a scan and she could see shadows, um, but they, you can't 100% go, like, tell that you've got it unless they go in. Um, so they went in um, to keyhole surgery and did a laparoscopy. And they found, I think it was stage four endo, um, and it was all around my bowel. And oh. they, we, and it's so common, it is so common. It's so but common, I didn't even it? know what it was. I did not yeah. even know what it was. And so they removed it all. And then that month, I fell pregnant naturally. Oh my um, God. Yes. Wow. And so, and, I, and that's why I just feel really open and in, in sharing about endo because I feel like if I knew, that would have been something that I could have explored earlier. Yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it could affect fertility. So anyway, we fell pregnant and that was actually with Sunny. So as soon as we were pregnant, we moved from Darwin down to Adelaide just to have the specialist care. Um, they were monitoring us closely, doing scans every week. They didn't, with our first loss, they put it down to, it was called prompts with no real definitive like reason why. So they were just looking at everything and they said, oh, well, look at your cervix fortnightly because that could be something that maybe it could have been your shortening and that could have made your waters break and we got to I think 17 weeks and they noticed quite a substantial shortening um yeah which another thing so yeah it it turns out that I have it's called cervical incompetency um, yeah. That's the medical term for it. We don't, we don't always love that term. That. <laughs> yeah, we we talk about that in our book. We're like, why? Why oh, do you call the cervix yeah. incompetent? I mean, oh. so I've got an incompetent cervix. Um, great, so great. yeah, just <laughs> and then so they went and they put a stitch in. So it's called a cervical saccharide. Yes, that's right. Pretty much just holds the cervix closed. Oh. Um, they put two in, so and then I was just on bed rest um, from seventeen weeks, and the hope was that this would hold the cervix shut and I would get to full term, which often it does. Um, and I got to it was twenty five weeks on the dot, and I felt I thought it was just gas, like I felt like mm-hmm. I had a bit of indigestion. Um, little did I know it was actually contractions. Yeah, and so they were having more regularly, and I was like, oh, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. So we went into hospital. They did an internal, and they said, look, the stitch isn't holding. Your cervix just wants to open. Mm. Um, mm. So at this gestation, like, your baby is viable, but um, there is a lot of risk. But we don't really know how it's going to be when he, when it comes out. Um, so I managed to stay in hospital for three days. So they gave me a drug to ease the contractions along with yeah. endone. So I would mm. stop and then I would start again for three days. Um, but now it was a blessing because it meant that we had we were given steroids for Sonny's lungs um, mm. and magnesium yeah. for his brain. So I think that really helped give him that boost um, again at the start. So he was yeah. born at 25 weeks and three days. Um, wow. He weighed 780 grams. Um, so he wow. was like tiny, tiny. 
Um, and so that was, yeah. And then, so we had a NICU journey of, he was in there for three, just over three months. Um, so at the beginning, like his eyes were still fused shut. His, he was on breathing support. He was fed through a tube. Um, yeah, for, for quite a while. Um, but and was we, that just so confronting? Oh, it was. Your, yeah. yeah. But, you know, at the time I think it was just you were just in survival mode and it was like we just yes. knew we had to be there and that yeah. they, they were doing an amazing job at looking after him. They were just incredible. Um, oh. And it's not until I actually look back now that I think how traumatic it was, you know, like now that I – yeah. Yeah, especially now having our thing, it's like, wow, that was a really traumatic start. Um, yes. Yeah, to motherhood and having having a child and then coming home and it was like the newborn phase and we'd already been in hospital for that, all that time. And, yeah, but so lucky because he is just thriving. You wouldn't even know now. He's wow. No, no long-term issues at all. And wow. Yeah. That's so, amazing. That and they do really they do incredible. say that every single day matters. Like every oh. the fact that you were able to stay three days in the hospital, yeah. every day counts for yeah. you know, when that's happening. So yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, so true. And I just I think now I look at him and I'm like, just all those little milestones, little things he does. I always just think back and like, oh my God, you are just amazing. Like you've come <laughs> come so far. It's yeah. Aww. All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, you smell so good. (laughs) It is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness, it's self-love, it's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. Spring is here and school is coming to a close and life could not be crazier. Um, So one of the things that has helped our family so much on those super packed weekends and weekdays with sports and school and all the things has been Green Chef. 
Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portion and prep quality whole foods. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced protein, and chef-designed recipes in every box. And for our family, we have two people who are gluten-free. So it's been amazing picking out these like gluten-free recipes with the kids. You can find clean meals to suit your lifestyle with preferences like Mediterranean, plant-based, gluten-free, protein-packed, keto, calorie-smart, and gut health. My kids love following along with the Green Chef recipes, pulling them out of the box, looking at the pictures, putting everything together. They put on their little aprons and we do it as a family. It's so fast. It saved us so much time. And it's been something really fun to do together and teach the kids new recipes. You guys can go to greenchef.com slash motherdays50 and use code motherdays50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Go to greenchef.com slash motherdays50 and use code motherdays50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. Okay, guys, check out Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? A silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Yes, so that was so Sunny came home and yeah, he he thrived, he did so well and we um I suppose we thought about like we've always wanted a big family and we thought like this time we kind of are one step ahead. We know what my diagnosis is. Um we know next time we could just get a stitch put in earlier, which would give us a better chance. So we thought about the idea and then I just fell pregnant naturally. Um we weren't really trying. So Sonny was, I reckon he was maybe almost two. Um, yeah, and so that was a bit, we were very anxious, of course, but still feeling optimistic that I, I just felt like it was the timing and the bright, it was just, we'd, yeah, we were once ahead this time, I, I just felt confident that we were going to be able to get further. And we were like, you know what, even if we get to 30 weeks, like you see the babies that are born at 30 weeks and just, they're, they're fine. Yes, so we yep. had kind of had that short-term goal and, we had pregnancy, like, again, it, it was fine at the beginning. 14 weeks along, I got a stitch put in, um, was feeling good, still, like, 
full of anxiety, just I think everything coming up and, yeah, just trying to get through each little milestone. Um, and then we got to 21 weeks and I was, it was night time. I'd just been to uh, uh, the burger place in Europe and I had a big burger. So I was like feeling full. <laughs> and I was like, had these pains again. And I was like, has to be indigestion. I was just in complete denial. And then they started happening regularly again. I'm like, oh my God, it's their contractions again. Oh. So we went straight to the hospital and they, and then I had a bleed and they said, look, the stitch is opening again. So there was 21 weeks along here. Oh um, gosh. Yeah. And so my obstetrician said like, look, if we can get another two weeks, like, you know, the ba- baby's going to be okay. I was like, I, I just don't think I can do it. I, yeah. I, I could feel like that. Yeah. So we, um, we tried again, like we did with Sunny with the drugs and trying to ease the contractions, but this time they just wouldn't, wouldn't stop. So, yeah, and I remember they said, okay, um, they showed, they put a, they put the scan machine on the baby. And I think that was the hardest part is like looking at him and just, he was so happy and Mm. fine in there. And it was just my body that just couldn't hold on. And so they took the stitch out. And then he came like really quickly. Um, Mm. And so we, that was Lenny. Um, oh, and this Lenny. time, yeah, little Lenny, we <laughs> felt like just, I was more prepared. Obviously it happened before and we cuddled him. We spent the night with him. We got photos taken. Um, and it was just so special. And I just almost regret that with Taj that I just didn't, didn't, I wasn't, didn't feel you like didn't I could do that. Know. Little Lenny did. Yeah. We yeah. didn't know, but no. Um, oh. and so, yeah, so that was, and that just, I'm so sorry, oh, I, that just completely, no, thank you. Yeah. Just broke, broke us. We just, I just feel like it was just heartache on top of heartache. And it was like at that point where I'm like, I just don't know if I can do this. Like how yeah, I, yeah. Of course. it was a, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, but then I don't know, through this whole thing, we've just been, I just have never been able to let go of hope. And I think I've always, I look back now and I'm like, I just had this in me, this feeling in me that we were going to have a baby. And we did, we had Sunny. And then again, I'm like, I'm just not ready to give up yet. Yeah. Um, And I just, I felt like crazy saying it. And I, we started looking into surrogacy because it was something that we'd kind of thought about in the past. And then the more I looked into it, I was like, it just makes sense. Like we can make healthy babies. I just can't yeah. carry them. Mm. Um, and this could be an option, finding somebody that could. And so that's when we started looking into surrogacy. Wow. And it's it's a bit yeah. different oh. in Australia, Sarah Olson, um, because. Yeah, tell, inform me and all uh, of this. Yes, I will. <laughs> I will tell you a, a lot. Um, a lot less people get to have a surrogate in Australia because mm. here you're unable to pay for surrogacy as a service because, mm. um, you know, our laws say that it has to be altruistic. So it has to be someone willing to carry your baby without financial gain 
um, but having their medical expenses covered and whatnot. So unless you have a family member or like a very close friend, oftentimes surrogacy isn't a viable option for a lot of people. And we hear of so many Mm. Aussies. I know I have a friend myself who traveled to America and, um, ended up paying to have a surrogate. So we just don't have that as an available option in Australia. Wow. That is crazy. Um, and amazing and fascinating. And I had no idea that it was different in different places. I just like never even thought about it. So, um, this is, that's, you know, I can't wait to hear the story. Yeah. So I want to know how you guys met, how, like Ellie, how did you put it out there? Into the universe. How did how did people know that you were looking for a surrogate? And did you guys know each other before? Like, did, Sarah, did you follow Ellie on Instagram? Did you know her story? I'm just so curious as to how you guys came together. Well, it's actually a pretty cool story. Um, so obviously I'm a photographer and a few years ago one of my good friends, um, he called me and he said, oh my gosh, this couple think they've booked me and they haven't and their wedding was in like four weeks. And it was right in the middle of the wedding season, crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, I have that date free. So I ended up taking this wedding, um, which was random that I had the date available. And Ellie was a a bridesmaid in that wedding. So I first met her about, yeah, three or four years ago. um, Three years ago. And she had a little boy there called Sonny and I have a little boy called Sonny. Oh, <laughs> and they were cute. Yeah, and they were only like nine days apart. So we, I always just remembered, you know, the girl from the wedding with a little boy called Sunny, and um, and then it was probably twelve months later. I was working, was still working with the Golden Month, my sister's business. Um, yes, and Ellie had just, um, I think you'd just given birth to Lenny, and. So then I was just asked to organize some food for her mm-hmm. just as a bit of a care package. And and I was like, oh, that's the girl from the wedding I did with a little boy called Sunny. And so <laughs> she kind of popped up that way again. And I didn't know her story. I didn't know Sunny was Prem. I didn't know about um, Taj. So, yeah, after Lenny was born, that's kind of when I looked into her story on Instagram and I was like oh my goodness this is Mm -hmm. so heartbreaking Mm. um yeah and then probably a couple of months later my sister sent me a screenshot of a post that Ellie had put up saying they were looking into surrogacy and I was like as soon as I saw it I was like this is happening I just could (gasps) see everything I just knew it was going to happen I didn't know how but I was like I'm this is going to happen. I'm going to do this oh. <laughs> one way or another. Wow. You were just tapped in. overwhelming feeling. Yeah, totally. <sighs> and I just felt this calling. I was like, you know, everything had sort of, you know, I'd knew I'd met her a year ago and she has a sunny and it was just all these weird little things. And, um, and then the fact that, yeah, she sort of come about again through my other work with my sister and, yeah, it was just a bizarre feeling, but I just knew that it was going to happen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. It was like the universe brought you girls together. Totally. And there was just yeah. like a greater reason why you met. Oh, how yeah, 100%. beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. And so Ellie, did you then get a DM from Sarah or like, how did that unfold? How, like, yeah. tell me about those initial conversations. Yeah. So I, so just back to putting the post out there, cause we looked into it and we actually looked into going to America or going overseas and doing surrogacy because from it just was sounded so much easier. Um, yeah. But we were told that to in Australia, the amount of surrogates, um, the amount of intended parents far outweigh surrogates. So the only, mm. the best way to know is to put it out to your immediate network, extended network to find out if there's anybody around you that would, would carry. So that's what I did. And I put a post up. Um, just on on my blog and that's when Sarah, that's what she read. So she, I think she sent me a message, but because we weren't following each other, it had gone into my, my um, junk mail. <laughs> so I hadn't like read it for spam. a couple of weeks. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you were like holding on like, why oh, has she written back? Oh my gosh, then- what a spam <laughs> message to get. Like that's like the best spam you could oh possibly get. <laughs> That was like really risky, me leaving that there. Oh, I've got to be better at checking my spam. <laughs> um, yeah. So then I saw it and it was very general. Like, hey, Ellie, how are you going? And I read it and straight away I had this feeling. Like so it wasn't anything about the post. It was just a random message. And I was like, I don't know. I just had this feeling that this is what she wanted to do. And oh we talk about this. And then I, so I got back to her and then I just said, Hey, didn't I? Mm. And then I don't even know how you said it. I, what did you remember what you said? Yeah, I think I'd first sent a message saying, you know, I was really sorry for your loss of Lenny and, um, and, and then Ellie had just said, you know, thanks and then I replied with, oh, I saw your post about surrogacy. That's <laughs> just, it's always something I've thought about. And, you know, if you wanted to catch up and chat more, I'd love to do that. So, and then it kind of just went from there. Wow. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I well, feel like I'm, I'm listening. As you're saying that I'm like crying. <laughs> I know. I feel like I am listening to like a, a love story right now. Like I'm like, oh, oh how did you meet? Like I'm feeling tingles everywhere. <laughs> and like that is what it is. This is so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. And the fact that you both had these downloads from the universe, like mm. individually. You were like, yeah. oh, this is the person. There's something about her. And you were drawn to each other mm-hmm. in that way. Um, so then, all right, so fast forward. So you have this conversation and how does that go? And then please talk us through just the process and how long was that process? Because it was relatively straightforward from what I remember you telling me, Sarah, about like you became pregnant and this just happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so there's quite a lot of, um, I guess, red tape to get through from, so from my side of things, I had to get a, you know, medical clearance. Um, both of us had to do counselling with our partners and then separate and then all together and then you've got to get some legal stuff signed. So all this is all prior to transfer, an embryo transfer. So there's lots yeah. of tick oh, wow. boxes that you have to do, which can take quite a while, but I'm very impatient 
And I was like, right, let's do this. She was the one that actually made it. She made it all happen. Like she was like <gasps> getting my bones a gear. And I was like, I'm, this, I need to give birth before I'm 40. I can't do it when I'm 40. I just had it in my head. <laughs> You're an angel. <laughs> I love Amazing. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we kind of, we compared to what we've heard, we did it relatively quickly, um, sort of from, you know, the initial saying like, yeah, let's do this to having an embryo, I think it was less than a year. Was it? Wow. Less than a year or just maybe a year? I think it's around about a year. Yeah, yeah, which is quick compared to what we've heard. So yeah. And I'd gone through, so I did IVF like before, I don't know, maybe I'd met you, but we hadn't decided yet. Yeah. yeah but we did IVF that. to make the embryos because I was like, it's happening. Like I hadn't actually confirmed <laughs> who with yet, but I just felt like we're going to do this. So mm-hmm. we went through IVF and then had the embryos frozen, wow. ready for whenever that time would be. Yes. Oh, how incredible. And then you met each other, you went through all the legalities of it, and then the transfer happened and I'm sure you were just like waiting with bated breath, like waiting for that double line, <laughs> both of you. <laughs> yes. Well, they, yeah. you oh know, they book you in for a blood test. I'm like, who is going to wait for a blood test? No one. <laughs> so um, I kind of, I just knew that it would happen the first go. I didn't really, um, there's only apparently a 30% chance of success with IVF surrogacy. Um, but I was like, nah, this will work. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going through all this again. <laughs> so we, I just you knew it. Knew you it could feel happen. it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I wow. think that we, we needed each other. I needed that because I was like, it's not going to happen. Like, it's mm. too good to be true. Yeah. And I felt like this whole process. Yeah. She's just grounded me this whole process. <laughs> like, I'm going to oh. take her lead, follow her lead, like, and trust that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have um, been around Sarah when she was photographing me um, for her sister, Dr. Carla Bryan's. Um, I, Brian, Brion, Brion. There we go. Brion. I think it's Brion. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I always like make it like way more Brion every time I say it her name. French, so you're doing it right. There we go. <laughs> Brion. Dr. Carla Brion. Um, every time I've been around Carla, I have heard her talking about this, her beautiful sister, Sarah. And then I finally got to meet you that day and you had told me this special news that you were pregnant and you have the most unbelievable energy. It is just like calming and grounded and earthy. And I was like, we need to be friends. Tell me everything. And you're a mother of, you've got four kids. Yes. Yeah. Four children like this. That's what I was going to ask. What are the age ranges of your kids? Uh, I've got a 13 and a half year old boy, 12 year old girl, three and a half year old boy and a two year old girl. Oh, wow. And I just like (laughs) wanted to be around you. I was like, I just need to be in this woman's orbit. She is so like just earthy (laughs) and so good and compassionate and one of those warm people. And I was like, of course you're doing this for this beautiful mother, Ellie. Of course you are. Like it does, it felt like it was your calling as well. I was Mm. like, this is meant to be. And I knew I had, I, I didn't even really know your story very well, but I was like, oh, this is happening. Like this baby is going to be so healthy and this is their journey. It's going to be their story. And one day we're going to have them on the podcast and we're going to be talking about it. And here we are. (laughs) Wow. Oh, wow. And so Ellie, what was that like hearing 
that she was pregnant. Did you find out the information together? Were you together when the blood test came through or tell us about um, that? Well, Sarah couldn't help herself. She did a pregnancy test. And then I remember being a, I was a school teacher. I was just at school with the kids and I get this message of a pregnancy test with two lines and that one. <laughs> Don't do this to me oh now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, yeah, I just, I don't know, I was just so happy, so And it was like, you know, there was two sides of it. It was that just feeling so anxious and just I suppose everything coming back and coming up Mm -hmm. but then knowing that this experience was so entirely different and like you said Teresa just she's amazing she just helped to calm me so much through all of it you know all different parts it was just I would always look at her and be like okay she's calm and (laughs) she thinks everything's okay it must be okay she's done this four times before like yeah um yeah my experiences have obviously been traumatic but this is different this is different I just reminded myself of that Oh, wow. And then so like wow. the, the pregnancy continues on and there are scans and there are, so you're just doing all of these things together. Like you're in partnership. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, um, obviously very different. Um, but it was just easy. It just felt so easy and, um, just, yeah, smooth sailing and we, we're so comfortable with each other and there's nothing we can can't talk about or discuss which has made it really helpful and um yeah because I think being a surrogate it's very it would be very easy to feel kind of you know left to the side or not appreciated or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. kind of taken advantage of just given that you're doing something that's so I guess vulnerable and intimate yeah so Mm. I think that I feel like that's a very um, fine line that probably maybe some surrogates experience, but we just, I just never had that at all. I was just felt supported and, you know, anything I needed, um, they were able to organize and which was, yeah, really, really helpful. So it was just, yeah, a smooth sailing process Mm. really. And how did your family feel, Sarah, when you went to your partner and you were like, hey, this is what I want to do. I mean, obviously it was a conversation. And with your children as well, how did you explain that? Like what was that conversation like and how did they embrace your feelings? Um, Yeah, the kids were fine. That My eldest smiles, he was just happy that there wasn't going to be another baby living here. <laughs> he was just like, as long as you get rid of her, that's fine. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Yeah, because he's like, no more babies, mum, stop. <laughs> um, and Macy, my <laughs> second, she was so excited. And, um, yeah, she, being a girl too, I think she was more interested Aww. in the whole process, but she was pretty Aww. pumped. And they were both really happy when they found out that, you know, I was pregnant and it was all going to be fine and it was all happening. They were both really, really excited. And then the smaller two were too young to really know. So, um, yeah, they they don't really have much of an idea until I had a big belly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? Um, yeah. And my partner, Anthony, he was, at first he was like, oh, thought I wasn't serious. And then when I just kept talking about it and talking about it, he was like, oh, great. <laughs> so, <laughs> he was a bit apprehensive at first, um, 
I think, and I was, this is something I spoke to the fertility clinic about and she said, it's so normal for partners to be like, mm, I don't want you to do this because they worry about um, this, you know, the safety of their partner without getting anything out of it. So they're not getting a baby yes. out of it, but they're worrying about their partner. So, I mean, eventually he came around and he knew that I wasn't going to not do it. So yeah. he didn't really have a choice but to be on board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what a legend. Aww. And have you, have? I'm sure he like became close with like Ellie and your um, husband as well during the process. Well, we've still never, like they've still met him once the day of the hospital pickup. That was like the first time we'd all been yeah. in the same room because it has just been oh my gosh. so hard to get everyone together in one spot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we do have plans. Um, yeah. yeah. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So we would love to hear about the birth. Can you tell us um, about that process and how was it? Uh, we actually decided to, that I would be induced for logistics. Um, obviously I have four kids I need to organize. Ellie has, um, and her husband Luke had to get off work and organize Sunny and my sister Carla had to organize her kids to be looked after because she was my support mm. in, um, through the birth. So we just had a booked induction and went in and, um, it was a bit of a saga at the hospital and, um, eventually my water got broken the next morning and, we just sort of thought, oh, I'll give it a bit of time for my body to, you know, kick off. And I was running up hills and doing all the things. <laughs> Carla was giving me acupuncture. And <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but it just wasn't fast enough. And being impatient, I was like, right, I've had enough. Let's get this show on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give me the hormone drip. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. And so once I had that, it was literally straight away and I think within three hours he was born so <gasps> wow yeah so I usually have quick labors anyway so I knew that as soon as I have the hormone it'll be just you know on. all systems go yeah I saw the footage of you in the water so did you end up yes. having a water bath I did yeah because I've oh. always wanted one I've never got one um and even when I pictured like when I saw that surrogacy post I pictured me in a bath giving birth to this baby. I was like, wow. I just, it was all so strange. And I, it was all just such this amazing vision that kind of came to life. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much, I'm like a um, really still laborer. I just like to. <laughs> she was amazing. <laughs> I just like to lay and just let it happen. I just, I describe myself like a cat going into a bush giving birth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, wow. watching you on the reel, like seeing that footage of you on the reel was so amazing. And I was just like, wait, like they're shining the flashlight. And I was like, she's like, doesn't even look like she's screaming or anything. <laughs> and I was like, no. And then the baby, I could see the baby coming out. And I was like, oh my God. Like that was so, it just looked so effortlessly beautiful the oh. way that it all happened. I mean, Obviously, there's a lot of effort going on, but I'm just saying as a person watching it, I was mm. like, wow, I wanted a water birth as well. And I haven't been able to have one, um, but mm. it is like watching it, you and Tez and all the ones that I've seen. I mean, it was just, gosh, it was so special. And just from our perspective, like Luke and I, it was like oh, such a healing experience and just to be a part of oh. that. But watching her, we were just 
in absolute awe. It was exactly like oh. you see. She was just so calm the whole time. She didn't make a oh. noise. Like oh. the only way I could see she was having contractions <laughs> was her breathing, like her ribs going in and out. Like oh. even yeah, it was just we were just our jaws would just drop the whole time. And like I after think the you birth, teach a birth course. I know, same. I'm like, and that there's that there's this moment when you're watching on your Instagram. There's this moment when the baby comes out and you have the baby against you, and then this is the part that made me cry. And then I see you like turn to the right, and so were you turning to the right to like look over at Ellie, and um, and it's so beautiful because you're like starting to get teary and um. And I was like, oh, just the exchange and the selflessness of that. It's such an act of love. It's like the <laughs> biggest act of love I've ever seen. I, can, I yes. can't even talk about it without crying. <laughs> um, but that moment is just so beautiful. And it just looked like you were surrounded by the most stunning energy and love. And, um, and just seeing you do that, seeing you like turn to the right and look over, I was just like, oh, I can't. Oh, <laughs> I know. So how, Ellie, how was that for you when I, she like looks at you? That like looked, what happened? In that moment, there was so much going on. And yes. I have that video. I've watched over and over again oh, I'm for sure. that moment, that moment <laughs> yes. that she looks at me just to be able to take it all in because at the time it was just a lot. Mm, but sure. when you said that, I was like, oh, my God, I just can't get over that look that she gives me. And Same. That, <laughs> yeah, and I just think that complete, like just seeing her do that for us, like oh. in that moment of, of labouring and giving birth, it was just just opened my heart completely and just someone else doing this for us. Like how incredible is that? I just, yeah. Oh, I, and I, I feel like now we've said, I actually haven't processed it. I think the last week I've been feeling like, oh, my God, like well, this has actually happened. Like <laughs> like he's here, he's here and Sarah grew him and gave birth to him and, you know, just trying to connect all the dots and make sense of it. He yes. Just, I feel like we're just kind it's of surreal. coming back to earth now. And yeah, mm. but yeah, it was incredible. That is so, so beautiful. And those first like moments and when you brought um, your new baby home to your um, son, how was that moment? Oh, was he just like I freaking out? Loves him. He loves him. He's like, I waited so long for you, Alfie. Like oh, we, <laughs> we um, have. So he's almost four now. So he's very aware. And we we thought of Alfie's name. We knew it like the whole time. So he told half the world what his name was before he was born. Oh, um, but he used to always talk about him. So I think by the end he's like, "Is this baby coming?" Like he kind of was disinterested. And then when now he's home he's just like obsessed so obsessed and it's like I just I think you look I look at him I'm like I didn't Sunny I didn't think I could love you anymore but now seeing you as a big brother you know the suit like oh my god it's just so amazing There is such a shift that happens when you see them all of a sudden as a big brother and there's another oh, baby around. Yes. There's like such a shift. Yes. You see them so differently. Yes. And Sarah, how was that for you? I mean, I can only imagine like those moments after and then you're, you know, in postpartum and then you're going, you know, back home. Like how how was that, you know, whole experience after carrying the baby? Yeah, it was so crazy like I've I was telling Ellie and Luke in the hospital after Alfie was born like the pregnancy was so different to all my others in terms of 
like there was just no, I don't know if it's a mental, um, you know, like a self-preservation thing, but I had no mm. connection that um, baby connection that you often get when you're pregnant because yes, you envision yeah. like bringing the baby home and like clothes and yeah and I didn't obviously have to do any of that so it, it was really like a pregnancy for me and it was kind of like a job that I was doing and yeah and and then when he was born and I think it was that night I was like oh my god I just had all this love for him that I hadn't really uh-huh. had before which was so nice because I yeah it was such a weird feeling to you know, have this baby for growing in me and then not having those, you know, deep connection feelings, but it came afterwards, which was, which I loved. But, um, yeah, just like the moment of giving Ellie the baby and Alfie (laughs) the baby, um, it was just (laughs) so unreal. And I just am so, it just makes me so happy that they have finally got, you know, another little boy in their arms and, yeah, it's just magic and it just makes it all, I don't know, it just makes it all make sense and it was just so beautiful. And then, yeah, coming home to like four kids and housework and work and just like nothing's changed really for me. <laughs> and we we dropped her home after the airport and Luke and I were Aww. like, this doesn't feel right. I was like, that was one of the most emotional parts. We just wanted to take her home with us and yes. all be together. I'm like, it'd be kind of strange. Commune, yeah. <laughs> imagine wow that is just amazing and so I mean just I don't know every time that you're speaking about all the steps of it I'm thinking you're gonna say something and you say something else and it's just so I'm like you're so much more evolved than any question that I can ask you know like it's just so um beautiful the way that you're speaking about all of this and I'm and I'm I'm in awe of you and um so inspired by you I'm like this whole like this seeing the two of you together exactly what Sarah just said is so uh, profound and I really hope that this can be an episode that people come back to and listen over and over again when they're considering surrogacy and I know one of the things that my girlfriend was nervous about she's looking into surrogacy right now she was like but I really want to have the breastfeeding journey with my baby and I'm not sure I'd be able to do that but then lo and behold <laughs> here you are Ellie breastfeeding yeah, tell us about your that. baby oh, I want to hear about that that is so yeah. inspiring well I didn't even know it was possible at the beginning either I just kind of I hadn't really thought about it but I properly but I was like you know I think the baby will obviously have to be formula fed um, and then I found out that actually, no, I can induce lactation, um, that women that have never given birth before can induce lactation. And there were some that were around me in South Australia that were able to exclusively feed for like the first year or two without ever giving birth. Wow. So I fed, so with Sunny, I, cause we're in NICU, he wasn't, I didn't breastfeed for three months. So I exclusively pumped with him until he came home and he was still fed through a tube. So I knew that I could do it. So it was, yeah, obviously having to do a lot of pumping. I'd done it before and my supply, I'm so lucky I, I had a good supply. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So I went and saw a lactation consultant um, and I followed this protocol where I had to go on the pill for a month and that mimics your body into thinking it's pregnant. You oh, stop wow. the pill at, I think Sarah was 34 weeks along. And then I started exclusively pumping every three hours. 
from 34 weeks wow. until the baby came. Um, and, and you would set I, alarms at night time? Well, I got a bit slack at night. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I was like, my friend was like, wait, yeah. do I have to wake up at night time and pump at night time? I was like, let me <laughs> to ask. To be honest, <laughs> and I probably should have because I think that's when the hormone prolactin is produced more when you are feeding at night. But I did like once at like, late night and then really early morning, um, but I never got good at overnight. But uh, luckily, and I think because I'd, I'd fed Sonny, like that would have been, I stopped feeding him maybe two years. And then when I had Lenny, my milk came in again. So I still oh, wow. had a little bit of milk there. So I think for me, it was there was it was already there. So it was quite easy. Um, but it's possible without even um, having given birth. And so then, and I had to go on, I went on a drug too um, that women will take if they have low supply. So I just kind of accepted that I was going to do this because I just wanted to have that bonding experience. Um, and then once he was here, it's going really well and I'm, I'm able to exclusively feed him. And yeah, it, yeah, it was a bit, un, I was a bit unsure at the beginning because I didn't have that engorgement, like my milk didn't come in. Um, so I was wondering whether I had enough, but I feel like my body's catching up. He's putting on weight. Um, and wow. it's working. So I know we're so, I feel so lucky to be able to do it. It's unbelievable. Mm. Your post, um, I think it was like the third photo. It was so wonderful how you did it because you said, hey, this is where I started. Look at this small amount of breast milk I was able to express. And then you swipe across and then the next post was like <laughs> more breast milk than I have ever been able to pump <laughs> ever in my like four children. And I've been breastfeeding from 2014 without a break. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, your supply. Like that is so impressive. <laughs> I, I just like how remarkable. So you have all those moments of being able to nurse him and, just meet his needs in that way. I just find that um, just that extra slice of just encouragement for anyone who's thinking about doing this, but feeling wobbly and worried about not being able to have that bond, like that is not necessarily true. Like with the time and commitment to see that you were able to do that is just wonderful. And I'm sure for you, some parts of this journey have been really bittersweet and I'm sure triggering in some ways. But then there are these incredible moments like this where it's just such a gift. What a gift to be able to nurse your baby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you said it so perfectly, I think. It's been a lot of um, just letting go of the way that I thought it was going to be and yeah so it's a lot of like guilt and you know that my body couldn't do it but then I don't know I just think of what I've experienced here and it's like it's not the way I imagined but it's yeah it's been so beautiful and special in a different way and I've really really come to a place of peace especially now that um, Alfie's here it's just it just feels like it was just the way that it was meant to be for us I think we've had yeah the whole time it just felt right and felt like yeah it was always going to be this way mm. so and I bet it's been nice like not having that NICU experience of bringing the baby home from the NICU oh, here he is yeah. healthy and thriving and just abundant it's incredible we yeah uh, we've just been like just in this bliss bubble <laughs> these last couple of weeks and we realized that with Sunny it was like a lot of a lot of PTSD coming home and it's just I, I 
I realise now that when Sunny came home from hospital, I couldn't feel anything and I I struggled for a, a while just kind of just going, doing everything but not actually being able to feel. And this time I'm like we just sit there and he's sleeping and we're just staring and we're like, <laughs> oh, my God, Aww. this is the newborn bubble and it's just so <laughs> different. And I, I feel like this is how it's meant to be. It's, yeah. <sighs> Definitely, like, just soaking it all up. It's been amazing. Oh, guys. Well, you're so amazing. So amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. So much for sharing this story. I just know that there are going to be thousands and thousands of listeners feeling so inspired and moved and you guys are going to affect change. I think you guys are just like a pillar, a pillar of like strength and love and what this journey can be. Mm. Yeah, it's so beautiful. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, yeah. I just want, yeah, to say thank you so much for um, letting us tell this story. And yeah, um, like the whole time we've just, all we hope is that people have a bigger awareness around this and can you know lots of people still think it's not even legal here so if we can just help one other family you know find a surrogate and it would be so amazing because it really is just the best experience and such a rare thing you know to do and not many people get to experience birth this way um so yeah it's it's really beautiful and hopefully there's more people out there that are um, happy to give it a go. Oh, be yeah. great. <laughs> and I just think at the beginning of all of this, like you have in your head that it is, it, well, it is. It's like there's not much information. You feel like it's all too complicated. And I think our journey is just an example of it not having to be that way. And, yeah, I think if we can share that with others and give them hope and inspire them to maybe look at the path, then, yeah, that's all, all we can ask for. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, girls. You are both amazing. Congrats on that beautiful little boy, Alfie, who (laughs) is so loved by so many people. And um, he's just divine, a perfect, perfect bub. Amazing. Thank you, girls. Thank Thank you. And hopefully I get to meet you all in person one day. Yay. One day. We're into coming to Adelaide. I know. Um, Daisies, I hope this story was inspiring to all of you as it was to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you and goodbye. Bye, Daisies. Bye.